Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Soccer Scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and delighted to say I'm enjoyed tonight by the sports editor of the Clarny Advertiser, and I suppose who'll be reporting on all things Kerry FC this year, uh, Adam Moynihan. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us this evening. No hassle, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time, isn't it, in, in the kingdom, Adam? You know, I, I suppose obviously predominantly GAA country. It's the first time that they've made the, the sojourn into uh, League of Ireland football and, and a really welcome addition. Uh, yeah, it's great. Look, people in Kerry are very excited about it. Um, it was a long time coming, I suppose. As you mentioned, it's, it's suppose we're known for being the GAA county down here, but um, there is a great appetite for soccer as well. There really is, um, you know, the vast majority of people who follow Gaelic football would have at least a passing interest in soccer. And there are loads of people down here who are very passionate about soccer. So um, it's a great addition. People are very excited about it. I suppose maybe cautiously optimistic is, is the way I describe the mood at the moment. You know, I, like obviously any new team entering any league, you're going to be asking questions about them. And there's going to be some hard questions asked about the team. You know, a lot of the guys probably haven't played this level before. So it's tough. It's going to be tough for them probably the first season to, to settle in. But um Look, as I said, I think people have reason to be optimistic in the first couple of games. There's There's been some positive signs, so it's all good so far. It's great from a media perspective as well to have another team to, to report on. So, um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, obviously League of Ireland fans in, in general and Limerick FC supporters, now the now defunct Limerick FC, would be very familiar with the manager, Billy Dennehy, um, you know, made a, a great career in the game in Ireland with the likes of Shamrock Rovers, Cork City, St. Pat's. Um, he, in fairness, in his media interviews, he has sounded really excited. He's going to obviously have to be patient, as you said, Adam, with this uh, squad, because, you know, you've got a lot of young players who are making their first um entry into senior football in this in League of Ireland. It can be an unforgiving place, but you can tell that, you know, he is willing to be patient and it's it's going to be, you know, a, a tough season first time round, but, it, you know, plenty of experience to be gained. Yeah, I, I know Billy a long time now. Um, we would have played against each other a lot underage. We're actually the same age. Um, I think the first year that we played for Kerry underage, I would have started left midfield and then Billy came in after that and took my place left midfield. So, um, I was hoping you might give me a try for Kerry FC to make up for it this year, but uh, that that never that never panned out. But um, no, look, Billy's a great guy. He's a um, really really clever guy, uh, very passionate about his football, obviously, and he's the perfect man for the job. You know, it's his hometown. He comes from Tralee. Um, he has that experience of the League of Ireland. He can pass that on to his players. Uh, obviously, had a, had a great playing career himself, and I think just you know listening to him in his press conferences and the way he speaks, he's um, he's really obviously as you said passionate about it. He's um, I think very enthusiastic about it, which is important. Um, I think he's he's like I said, he's the perfect man for the job. He um he's like already, I think he's he's impressed me anyway, the way he's carried himself. Um as you said, he's gonna have to be pragmatic about it. You know, they're not gonna go and win the league the first year they're they're in it, you know. That's not realistic at all. But um I think you've seen that maybe tactically from them in the first couple of games and with the, the teams that he selected, it's kind of focused on being solid you know he's got in as much league of Ireland experience as he possibly can he's played guys who are um have size and he's trying to use that to to his advantage him um, especially at the back you know he's got big guys there center back um Caelan Spillane and Shane Guthrie um you know Kevin Williams is in there as well and then Trippemere up front Trippemere Brilla Jack they're all big guys you know and I think that that's no coincidence. I think he's really focusing on trying to make them solid. Um, you know, maybe using set pieces as a weapon as well. But yeah, look, as I said, Billy, Billy's the the right man for the job. He's he's you know unbelievable experience at the, at this level. And um, yeah, look, as I said, I think 
very the majority of people i'm sure all the people down in Kerry at the moment have been very impressed by by what he's done so far yeah he's been i suppose he's been at the forefront of this plan to get Kerry into the league of ireland one of the major i suppose positives uh, with billy denny being the manager and he mentioned it after the the braid defeat last week was that he does know a significant amount of the players within the squad from being involved at Kerry at underage level so i suppose that is definitely a positive as well going forward that's massive, yeah. That's massive. Like he, he'll know those young guys coming through, like the back of his hand. He'll just, he'll, he'll know all their strengths and weaknesses. He'll have them down to a T. And also, I think there'll be that level of trust as well from the players. Um, you know that they know there's a guy here who's going to be willing to look after them. You know, if it was someone else coming from the outside, the young guys coming through the academy might say, look, you know, why is this guy going to give us a chance? You know, he doesn't even know us. Whereas with Billy, look, he's been there. He's worked with all these guys uh, before. Even some of the guys that um, he's brought in, like the Guthries, he'll know them very well. Like, you know, they're both Tralee guys as well. Um, so, yeah, look, he's um, he's got lots of advantages already, you know, starting out in the role. And um, as I said, I think he's, he's, you know, the signs are very positive so far. There is a quite a limerick connection in the squad, as you may expect, Adam, first, first time round as well. Um, you know, in terms of ex-Limerick players is what I would say, but Andy Quaid, who came from Region United, uh, started in the last game against Bray Wanderers. You also have Matt Keane, who we would be really familiar with with Treaty. He had a really good first year uh, with Treaty, playing out on the right side uh, of midfield. Adam, second season kind of fell out of favour a bit, was still important coming off the substitutes bench, to be fair. I think it was the worst kept secret in the world that he was going to go back to Kerry once it was announced uh, that they would be coming into the League of Ireland. And he's the captain, and I suppose he'd be a very important player for Kerry uh, throughout the season. Yeah, Matt's a guy I know quite well as well. Um, when he was playing junior soccer here in Kerry, he was with Clarny Celtic. Uh, I would have been playing with Clarny Athletic, so we would have had a, a good rivalry there. But um, like I saw up close how good a player he is, even though that is at junior level, obviously. But... You know he's a, he's a really good footballer and a great attitude as well and like his fitness levels are extremely high he looks after himself and he you know as you said he, he had a good first year of treaty um you'll know more about that probably than i will but he did seem to be doing quite well and as you said maybe not so happy with the the second year but yeah look as soon as the Kerry fc project came up i think he's the first name that came to everyone's mind you know because he was already playing in the division um coming from Killarney, you know, and he was work, he's working in Tralee as well as a teacher. So it just all made sense for him to come back to, to Kerry FC. And um, I think the first couple of games, he's been playing defensive midfield, uh, that defensive midfield role. He's he's done well, like he's done okay, but I think there's more in him. I think at the moment, as I said, Kerry are focusing on trying to be solid. Matt's, Matt's a very good ball player. He can take the ball to feet and he can turn and he can dictate play. He's got a good range of passing. We haven't probably seen loads of that yet or as much of that as he would like himself. I think he's, you know, at the moment, happy enough to kind of go down the channels and, you know, play the kind of the safer passes, I suppose. But like as the season goes on, he's going to he's going to ease into that role and it's going to come as well with confidence for the whole team. Like, you know, obviously the first couple of games, I think they're very conscious of not conceding too many goals. You know, that, that obviously is a possibility for a new team coming into the league um, against Cove. Like they were up against it in the first half, but, you know, they ended up conceding two goals. It wasn't the end of the world, you know. Um, and Cove were quite good in the night I thought again against Bray look Bray were probably the better team and, and deserved to win that match but it's not like Kerry were you know shipping five or six goals because that would have been a disaster for them in the first few matches so I think yeah Matt I think we'll see more of Matt as, as the year goes on as a ball player and as a kind of a fellow who's going to dictate play for Kerry Yeah and you mentioned earlier on as well uh, the signing of Shane Guthrie 
Um, obviously, his brother Wayne Guthrie is in goals uh, for Kerry. I have to say, I think is Shane 38 years old now. Um, I have to say, I was slightly surprised myself. I really thought that he had, had finished that League of Ireland level. He was obviously with Limerick FC when they won the first division in 2012, but had a really good career uh, before that as well, won the first division with Cove Ramblers. Um, were you surprised yourself, Adam? I suppose you're probably maybe less surprised than Kerry about him signing. Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously the, the age is going to be a factor in that decision, but like, I suppose Billy's looking at it from perspective that, first of all, he needed people with League of Ireland experience. Um, so I think any opportunity he was going to get uh, to take in a player who has League of Ireland experience and, you know, has had a good League of Ireland career as well, he's going to take that opportunity. And obviously, look, he's 38, but I mean, playing centre-back, it's not like he's going to be running up and down the pitch a whole pile. He's in there to be solid. He's in there to win headers. And uh, I think we've seen that from him so far. You know, he's a threat from set pieces. Um, so look, age, I suppose, is just a number, really. Um, he's done quite well so far. And as I said, I think this, his size was a big factor in, in signing him. Um, you, you touched on Wayne, then the brother. That was a really interesting one. It raised a lot of eyebrows down here in Kerry, as you can imagine, a fella giving up Gaelic football, yeah. playing at a very high level for Aston Stacks, you know, uh, won the county championship with them a couple of years ago. Um, that, that did, you know, turned a few heads, I suppose. But um, what he does bring, what Wayne brings is, first of all, obviously, he's, he is a really good goalkeeper and he played to a high enough level as well. Um, earlier on in his career, he would have played for three Dynamos in that, was it called, the, the A Championship back in... Um, yeah. 12 years ago. Around, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he does have experience there. He actually played outfield for Stacks for a number of years. He played midfield. Then he went back in goal, I think about three seasons ago. And he was, he was brilliant. Look, what he brings is that he's extremely confident. He's really, really confident. And you saw that playing when Aston Stacks he'd often be, you know, venturing up the field and solo runs, you know, he wasn't afraid at all. And you see that kind of trait in him playing soccer. He's very comfortable taking the ball to feet. Um, he's not afraid to come rushing out of his box, which got him in a little bit of trouble in the Cove match. All right, but like you need that, and I think he's vice captain for a reason as well. He's he's got good leadership qualities. He's a good character, um, and he's going to be a very important player for Kerry this season. I think he made a couple of eye catching saves actually against Bray as well uh, throughout the game. So he does uh, seem like a solid goalkeeper early doors. Um, admittedly, I've only seen him in just over a game and a half, but. Um, you mentioned set pieces and the threat that and those guys, Caelan Splann, Kevin Williams, Shane Guthrie, all really big threats from set pieces. It, it kind of makes it even more frustrating for Billy Dennehy at the, the way they conceded two goals against Braden because Cole Amori on one, who is obviously a big unit himself uh, and a big threat from set pieces, he just seemed to score quite easily. And you could tell that Billy Dennehy was a bit exacerbated by that after the game because I suppose one thing he'll want to get right is that, you know, it's great if teams, if it's grand if teams can open you up in this league and beat you. But one thing Kerry have to avoid is conceding very soft goals uh, from set pieces. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, on the attacking end, the, the set pieces that they had in the in the Cove match, uh, I think it was Graham O'Reilly whipping the balls in. Like, they were really, really good deliveries and they were really threatening um, when they were attacking. But as you said, against Bray, then to concede those goals, especially when they have so much size on the pitch, they shouldn't really be conceding goals from, from set pieces. Obviously, as you said, you're going to be playing against other tall players in the league. You know, it's not like they're all, you know, a foot taller than everyone else. You know, they're, they're still going to be playing against players who are capable of scoring headers. But yeah, I think, especially in a new team starting off, I'm sure they've done a lot of work on set pieces. Like, I, I'd be shocked if they haven't. Um, it's going to be 
a weapon for them at one end and at the other end they really like I'm sure they'll be Billy Denny be pulling his hair out about that and I'm sure they're working even harder on set pieces this week to make sure it doesn't happen again yeah absolutely and considering the attendance at the game against Cove Mount Hawk Park in Tralee is the, is the venue the home venue um, it's sold out it's sold out against Treaty as well a limited number of away tickets still for sale for, for Treaty fans coming into the game which I'm sure will be snapped up by the time Friday comes um, but it just shows you that it has captured the imagination in Kerry like we expected it to, to be fair and, and long may that continue you'd be hoping that that can be sustained more importantly Adam throughout the season and beyond that yeah, definitely. It's great to see the tickets being sold out uh, for the first two home matches. Uh, as you said, like it's not the biggest venue, but still, you know, to to sell them out is very encouraging. And it's going to be really important to to first of all, I suppose, develop that relationship with the with the crowd because it's it's brand new to everyone. Um, to have the support of the crowd, and I think, like in fairness, they they had some even away traveling support uh, at the Bray match as well, like which is just it's very encouraging to see and. You know, considering how, you know, it might be difficult for them this season, you know, hopefully they're going to get, you know, some good results as well. But it's not going to happen overnight. The first few games were always going to be tough for them. Um, so to have those supporters on board and to be enthusiastic and to be backing them uh, vociferously, that's going to be really important for the players. You know, a lot of these guys, as I said, haven't played at this level before. They're going to be, you know, nervous. It's only natural. So to have the supporters on side is going to be um, it's going to be really important for them. Absolutely. I've just brought in our, our usual analyst, uh, Noel O'Connor, former Limerick FC manager here. Uh, Noel, I was just saying to, to Adam Moynihan there that um, it's brilliant to see, obviously, Kerry in the, the League of Ireland. You'll be relatively familiar with, with some Kerry teams from the fact that the Kerry League used to enter the League Cup um, and against your Limerick FC sides back in the day. But this is totally different. Brilliant to see Kerry FC here and it has captured the imagination so far in the kingdom. Yeah, I see that by the crowds, and there is one link. All right, I, I actually caught Shane Guthrie in Cork in uh, 2003 and 2004 when he was when, when he was a young boy. So it's great to see him still playing. In fairness, he was a good guy then, and uh, has had a really good career, and he may end up having a good swan song as well. But no, listen, it's great that that Kerry are in it, and look, even from bringing underage teams down there, there is a a big interest in uh, in in football, particularly in in the north of the county, and. Uh, it should be a really good night on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I know, Adam, we've been discussing, you know, that it's been a tough start for Kerry, obviously, which we expected, you know, on the pitch results-wise. Uh, you lose into Cove and then you lose to Bray. But to be fair, Bray in particular will be one of the top three, me and Noel predict, uh, in the first division this year. So to go away is no feat to, to give them a game. I suppose for both Kerry and Treaty, this almost feels that, you know, they're both trying to get off the mark. You know, I know it's too early to say that it's a must-win for either side, but there is that feeling that both sides will be really desperate to get off the mark here on, on Friday and will be bitterly disappointed if they can't. Yeah, well, like, obviously for Kerry, the first win is going to be really big for them, you know, to just to kind of, I suppose, give encouragement to people around the county to, to say to people, look, we belong here. The longer they go without winning, it becomes, you know, I suppose more negativity might creep in. I have noticed a little bit, and it's it's the same with any new venture, I'm sure, in, in any part of the world. Some people are a bit, you know, oh, look, will they be up to it? Are they going to be good enough at this level? And until they start getting results, the reality is that those people won't be won over. So it's great having the, the hardcore fans who are going to go out to matches and win, lose, or draw. But going forward, they're going to need, you know, more than that on board. They're going to need to attract more people into the ground. They're going to need... Uh, and to do that, they're going to need to get results. So, look, as you said, Treaty are looking for for uh, to get off the mark as well. So, 
Um, it is a very interesting match in that regard. But yeah, like as I said, Kerry, Kerry, there's not massive urgency for them to you know have this great season or whatever. You know what I mean? Like people are going to be patient enough that they're going to it's going to take time for them. But if they can get that first win sooner rather than later, I think it'll be a massive boost to to everyone involved. Yeah, and obviously Leo Gasca, who came back, I believe, from Sheffield United, Adam, put his name into the history books with the, the first goal for Kerry C in the League of Ireland. Uh, it looks like he could be quite a threat. Uh, looks like a lively player, um, quick, um, decent runs, and good run for the goal as well, uh, played in by substitute Nan Gleeson. So, you know, players like that, Sean McGrath looks like a tidy player as well from, from Cove. They'll be very important players as well that we haven't mentioned throughout the year. Yeah, Gax is Gax is really good. Um, as you said, like he he's been on the books for Sheffield United, or he was for for five years, and just even in the first game and a half that he's played, um, he looks like a guy who has been on the books at a Premier League or a Championship club for the last few years. He just as soon as he came on against Cove, he didn't start that match, but he came on at half time, and in that first half, as we touched on, Cove Cove were on top. You know, they they were kind of they were the dominant force in that match for the first half. No. The conditions didn't help Kerry in the first half. They were playing into a very strong wind, and that can be an issue for teams in Mount Top Park. I know from playing there myself, it's it's very open and it can get very windy inside there. Um, but when Gaxi came on at half time, it was instant straight away. He got the ball into his feet. He was drinking drinking past fellas. He was getting shots off. Um, he's just a real live wire, and he was very unlucky not to score in that match against Cove. He'd a, he'd one effort cleared off the line. He lashed onto a ball over the top, lifted over the keeper. It looked for all the world like it was going to be a goal, but um, uh, a Cove defender got back, cleared it off the line. But uh, against uh, Braden, like he he did he did quite well, um, but particularly for the goal, he, like he just showed good composure there to to take a touch and to slot it home. He's going to be a massive player for Kerry. There's no doubt about it because he just has that spark. He just has that ability to go by players. Um, Kerry have some good technical players, like you mentioned, Sean McGrath there, Sean Kennedy. <laughs> Uh, Matt Keane they have guys who are capable of you know creating chances but Gax has that one guy who probably doesn't depend on we'll say a build up play he doesn't depend on you know being fed the ball really in any you know meaningful way he can just get the ball in any situation he can drop the shoulder go by players he can get shots off uh, and if the first two games are anything to go by like he's going to be he's going to be a massive player for Kerry and Kerry are going to need to to get the most out of him and find out a way to, to utilise him as, as best they can yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, now we have to leave you go, Adam, as, as I believe you're you're in training to maybe get into Billy Denny's plans uh, for, for the season, uh, for soccer training this evening. So obviously my thanks for uh, for you to join us uh, this evening. Uh, a great insight into all things Kerry and it, it promises to be a great game on Friday. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm afraid no amount of training is going to get me into the Kerry FC team. I'd say I'm well, I'm well beyond those days I've ever been anywhere near that. But um, no, look, uh, as you said, looking forward now to the match against Treaty. Um, Another big crowd in Tralee, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere back there. And uh, I suppose, Noel, you know, it goes without saying that we'll go through all things uh, 3D United going into that Kerry game uh, during uh, during the rest of the show. But just to, to go back a week, Noel, uh, 3D United losing 1 0 away against uh, Galway United in um, DC Park. Uh, a single goal from Rob Slevin uh, was the difference between the two sides. What did you make of the game overall, Noel, and the performance from 3D United? Yeah, look, overall, you know, the scoreline would suggest a tight game and I thought it was a comfortable enough win on the night for uh, for Galway. Um, you know, just thinking about it and even following up on what Bernie was talking about last last week and the fans' reaction and the whole dynamic that's gone on there with Ali Horgan and, and John Caulfield. 
from a pan from a fan's point of view, I thought there was a lot of pressure on Galway. It was the first home game, and you know, I think they're going to be very sensitive, for want of a better word, to you know things going wrong or going a goal down at home. I, I spoke a bit about it about Cork last year. It didn't happen as much, but certainly it has that that hint in the air. And in fairness to to Galway, I thought they were really good. Um, they worked really, really hard, and <clears throat> they made work. Uh, Treaty worked really hard to try and you know to try and contain them. Thought they had some really, really good, good performances. Similar enough to the Bray centre backs, I thought the two Galway centre backs really dominated the air again. It's becoming a bit of an issue, even though it's only the second game for Treaty in terms of how do they deal with you know particularly when Connor Wynn is kicking the ball out and it's gone down the middle of the pitch and. The only guy up front is Enda Kern, and you know he's basically getting battered by by the two centre halves. And even if he wins the header, I'm not quite sure what's the plan then, because I felt an an awful lot of ball on the night kind of rolled into Brendan Clark's hands from various moves from Treaty um, on the edge of the box, and that's really something that you don't like to see. Um, I thought the two wide players, I thought Ed McCarthy or Ronald McCarthy, was outstanding on the night. He's really improved so much. Got a real kind of a, an engine on him, for want of a better word, really strong runner. And um, he really tore a treaty, particularly in the first half, made four or five really big runs. One, he was upended there, I think, by Andy Spain for a yellow card. Mm. I think other than that, he was nearly clear on goal. And I suppose that's another issue. You know, we started again with Willie Armshaw on one side and Connor Barry on the other. And I, I don't think they gave their full backs a lot of protection. In the second half, like particularly for the first 20 minutes, it was like the Ronan Manning show, um, where he made a lot of breaks down the Galway left-hand side. And in terms of not scoring goals, I thought two reasons. It was only Galway's second game. I think it could be a bit more clinical, you know, in game five or six, with a few games under the belt. And there was some some poor decisions, particularly by Ronan Manning, when he got into that final third. There was one particular incident where he shot, <coughs> shot tamely wide when, you know, it was a square ball for Ed McCarthy, who had matched his run on the far side and it would have been a tap-in, but it was always going to be a difficult night for Treaty, I felt. Um, you know, Galway are up and at it this year. It's certainly a big season for them. They they were buoyed up by a win above Finn Harps and I don't think that they were going to to take it easy on Treaty or or certainly certainly not take it easy on the night until they were guaranteed the, the three points. You never really felt... Treaty, like, you know, you often would see them if they were a goal down that, you know, they get ahead of steam up in the last 10 or 15 minutes. But uh, I didn't really see that. So overall, quite comfortable for Galway, but it wasn't surprising either, you know, just uh, with the start the Treaty have had and the couple of signings and, you know, the training and coaching that, you know, that Galway would have had um, prior to the start of the season. It's a funny one, Noel, isn't it? You, you probably took the words out of my mouth a bit because... Even though, look, going to M and DC Park, we know how difficult it's going to be for Treaty. Galway are, you know, one of the favourites for the, the division to, to win the title. So, like, you're not going there expecting Treaty to win. They have got a draw there before, a couple of draws there before. There has been a few draws between these sides. I suppose that the frustrating aspect was, Noel, with, like, Treaty seemed to be a bit, I suppose, blunt uh, in attack. Uh, for for the want of a better word, and it never really felt like Galway were threatened on the night. So even though it was a a, a one nil scoreline, 
um, it just there was that bit of frustration that maybe Treaty uh, didn't create a, a few more chances. And in order, Tommy Barrett has alluded to, had alluded to it after the break and that he was a bit disappointed uh, with the the attack and play from his side. Um, after the Galway game, I didn't agree with with Tommy actually when he said that he thought Treaty uh, played well. I know, as I said, by the scoreline, it looks like it's a lot closer, but it just. You know, there was just a part of me that felt like Treaty could have given it more of, of a go. Now, whether that's down to, you know, the personnel on the pitch or the, the instructions uh, from or the players or the performances on the night, it just didn't feel like like we got uh, possibly the most out of it. Yeah, and it seems, look, and it's probably just a bit of a luck more than anything, but Galway played a similar, a similar high line, if you like, that that braided, you know, out of possession. They certainly, you know, they're not afraid to play high up the pitch and, when that does happen, you know, it, I think it really casts Ender Curran as a kind of an isolated figure mm. because he's not a player to run in behind into the space. And, uh, you know, when you're up against the likes of Killian Bruder, you're not going to win a lot of headers. You know, you might win one or two or get a couple of flick-ons, but in general, you know, you are going to be dominated. And uh, that that was the way the game goes. And I think if he doesn't get a good start or if there isn't anything positive, you know, you can see his frustration and... Uh, you know, his body language and it probably doesn't help the players around him either. But no, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, cohesive attacks uh, from Treaty. You know, a couple of isolated runs maybe, but uh, overall I thought they were, you know, dominated throughout the game and, you know, they worked really hard in terms of trying to contain Galloway's runs and um, it was it certainly was a tough night at the office, but still nothing maybe that we could kind of catch as a glimmer of hope or to look forward to only the fact that they're playing Kerry on um, on Friday night and Kerry in a similar situation, but obviously without any of the experience that Treaty have or the goal threat that Treaty have in terms of end of current and even set plays. And you would think that, you know, that they can bounce back with three points. I think it certainly will be important for Treaty to get the three points on Friday night. I suppose, and, and just to roll back before we get into to the Kerry game as well, Noel, another really disappointing aspect for Treaty, and you could tell there was a lot of frustration uh, from the players, is that, you know, the manner in which they conceded the goal uh, with Rob Slevin, I mean, that was very untreaty-like, wasn't it? I, I mean, I was struggling to think, and, and Tommy Barrett mentioned afterwards that he doesn't believe that this side have conceded such a soft goal from a set-piece in, in two years in the League of Ireland before that. Um, it did seem, uh, I suppose, incredibly soft. I know these things, set pieces can happen. You're un, you're likely to concede, obviously, every season from a set piece. But it just it was it was quite soft, uh, given how strong three they have been for the last couple of seasons on set pieces. Yeah, I think they'd be very disappointed with it. I think he's right. I can't remember them conceding too many goals, certainly in first phase uh, from corners. And as you said, it was a ball, you know, in the middle of the goals. It arrived in the middle of the uh, the goals. You wouldn't expect a guy to get that much time and space and you know it, it it was headed down which you know which is difficult for the keeper as well but um look you just hope that that's a glitch um and you know and again we'll we'll roll forward to Kerry I think they actually conceded two goals from corners and uh you know you can look at that from one or two ways that will they be working hard to to rectify that during the week or is it an opportunity from Treaty who in fairness have scored more than their fair share from set plays particularly the season before last when um when Anto Donald was about, and you could see his goal threat last week, particularly mm. against Bray. So that'll be one of the areas where I'd be hanging my hat on for hoping that Treaty get their first win on, on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, the one positive on the night 
which wasn't for Treaty, unfortunately, but from a Limerick point of view, was the performance of Ed McCarthy. Obviously, he was with Treaty for the three quarters of the season in 2021, and we saw glimpses of how good he can be. He was a raw talent. He seems to be developing, like you alluded to, Noel, into a really good player at this level. What was really refreshing was just, the, I suppose, the confidence and the air and, and the dribbling ability on the night, like you saw. He was travelling at real pace, going by players, a real throwback to kind of a and maybe an old-style winger that you don't see as much of anymore. Um, you know, as I said, you know, it wasn't good for Treaty and we weren't hoping for that on the night, but from a Limerick point of view, seeing a Limerick native play uh, at a full-time, you can see he's developed so much from, from having full-time training for the last year and a half. Yeah, certainly you can see, and he was he was a young boy in, in fairness when he started with Treaty, but his body has developed. But like what he has there is what I call run, running power, and a lot of people kind of underestimate it, but obviously he's been doing a lot of running because a, a lot of people are alluding fitness nowadays to being inside in the gym and obviously that's not really it's fine but the real fitness you need to play 95 minutes is the ability to run and run at pace and half pace and jacquard pace over a long period of time and I think in fairness both of the wide players particularly him though show that they have that kind of running ability and that's going to be really really important for Galway um this year and just on Galway as well, I thought they they played a little bit more football than they normally do. Um, I kind of noticed that in the first half a bit more myself. Yeah, a lot more passages of football than you'd be used to from a John Caulfield side. Yeah, and I just wonder is it is it the influence of a of a young Chris Colopy who has gone who has yes. gone there as one as one of the coaches and um I actually thought a, a, a couple of times they nearly were playing too much football trying to get out of tight areas when they On were turn. <laughs> yeah when they were pinned into the touchline but I'm sure they'll they'll get the balance right but look it's it was nice to see them playing a bit of football and how Connor McCormick as well was really good um he must be a dream of a player to play with uh, if you're playing in midfield with him because he seems to be talking everyone through the game and uh a really really big uh really really big player for Galway so they seem to have you know players in a bit of form already they have four or five that we've mentioned you think after a few more games if they get a few more up and running they'll certainly be a hard team to beat and sometimes this is an advantage to play a team like that early in the season before they actually hit the, the full throttle yeah, it's incredible really you know isn't it because you know as we mentioned Galway were quite comfortable throughout the whole game you had a couple of snapshots snapshots excuse me from Willie Armshaw and but but then it just shows you I suppose the fine margins of, of League of Ireland football right until the 96th minute because Enda Kern had a rasper of a shot in the last minute which travelled a couple of inches only over Brendan Clark's uh, crossbar now it would have been probably a smash and grab draw no doubt about it but it just shows you the fine margins if that had went just a couple of inches underneath the bar they could have got a, an unbelievable draw yeah, and that's what happens in your right. And I think it was a couple of seasons ago where they above Talca Park and they seemed to be totally dominated in the match. And yet they came out in the end with a draw. And you're right, that is the way it goes. And that's what makes it nervous as well. And I just spoke about the expectation of the crowd and they probably would have been a little bit nervous themselves with 10 minutes to go and say, oh my God, you know, if Treaty score here, it's a, it's a disaster. And that's the kind of level that they're at. And that can be more difficult you know, to play with. And you could see that even last year in 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 the playoff. And that's something, in fairness, that really you don't have to worry about. You know that they can play with a bit of freedom because there's little or no ex expectation on them. So um, it'll, it'll only be from themselves. They'll surely be disappointed that they haven't picked up a point yet. And I don't actually think that they'll be delighted to get a point on Friday. Maybe Kerry will. And I think that they'll really be going for those three points in, in Tralee on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. As we just had on the show with us, uh, 
sports editor of the Clarny Advertiser, Adam Moynihan, uh, speaking about Kerry in detail. No, there's, there's plenty of, I suppose, ex-Limerick connection to this side as well. Matt Keane is the captain of Kerry FC this season. Very well known to all 3D fans. Had a really good first year in 2021. Second year uh, kind of fell out of favour with 3D. And as I said to, to Adam Moynihan, it was the worst kept secret that he was always going to go back to Kerry once in November. It was announced that they would be in the league. Um, we also have Shane Guthrie, who I was unbelievably surprised had signed back for a League of Ireland club. I know he's a Kerry man, but uh, at 38, 39, touching 39 years old, uh, I think his last League of Ireland involvement was with Limerick in 2012. So I was surprised to, to see that. Um, you also have Andy Quaid, former regional man there as well. Uh, Caelan Scully, the goalkeeper who had played uh, in Limerick as well uh, under at underage level. So And Billy Dennehy, not to mention, I suppose, no, who played under Tommy Barrett, actually, uh, with Limerick FC for a season. So there's plenty of extra spice um, and a sold-out Mount Hawk Park, so it's going to be a great occasion. Yeah, I think it is. And look, we saw pictures of the, of the crowd as well, I suppose. It's great to see that, you know, you probably would expect the first game to be sold out and you would just be wondering a little bit what kind of a crowd they get for the second match. But like the fact that they've managed to sell it out again, you know, it does augur well for them. And I've said that there is, um, you know, obviously people think about Kerry and, and they think about um, Gaelic football, I suppose, no more than nowadays people think of Limerick and they think of hurling all the time. But look, there's there's plenty of people who enjoy, you know, the beautiful game and who, who, who would love to see it. And look, they'll be not just coming to watch Kerry, but they'll be coming to see what uh, what's happening up in Limerick as well. And look, you know, we all go to matches, obviously supporting our own team, but also we like to see the the good players from the opposition as well. I'm sure the Kerry public will be no different. But uh, look, I think it's really good to see another stole out crowd and it'll be certainly uh, an intriguing game, I think. Um, I do feel that Treaty have more aces up their sleeve. Um, I think that they'll be really getting really determined and um, to get the win. And with the likes of Enda Curran and Mark Ludden in the team, I think overall the 90 minutes and Anto O'Donnell, I'll add him as well in terms of Mark Ludden's long throws and set piece deliveries. I think that they could be the difference um, in a positive way for Treaty on, 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 on Friday. Yeah, in terms of, of Treaty's approach to the game, Noel, uh, we've obviously mentioned the fact that, you know, a treaty in an attack, you're talking, you know, a 4 2 3 1 formation, really. With, with Friday last week, you had Stephen Christopher playing off in the current, but obviously, because there wasn't much possession for treaty, you know, the gaps were bigger between the players as well when they, they did win the ball back. I was just, you know, I was tying with the idea and I said, you know, it's early in the season, you know, obviously, it's not a must win, but in terms of, you know, confidence building for Treaty, it does feel, you know, like a must win because Kerry have lost, you know, quite comprehensively, to be fair, even though they were well in the game for periods against Cove by all accounts, but quite comprehensively the first two games. So, you know, would you think that it would be possible to change the formation all for this and maybe put like Dean George up front next end of current for a game like this and really go for it? Because, you know, as you said, maybe a draw won't even satisfy Treaty. So, you know, why not go uh, for it? Yeah, I think I was certainly before the first. I, I expected Dean George to play in that kind of ten role behind um, behind Enda Curran the first game, and I do think that particularly if teams have the idea, I'm not so sure Kerry will do this of playing high and keeping Enda Curran away from the goals, which certainly has been successful. You 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 have a guy in Dean George who can run in behind. So even if, if balls do break in behind, you know, I think it's important to get someone else. I, I think he does need a bit of support now up there. And I think 
Dean George is certainly the, the number one candidate for that. You have the option of bringing success on maybe later on. Um, came on there on the two matches, and I, I still don't see him driving on like, you know, I probably thought that, that he should have as an 18 and 19-year-old. Um, a guy, a big, strong guy with him, with his pace. I think he should be an ideal file for, for, um, for to play up front with him. And I, look, I'm, I'm just probably basing this on how he's training, that, you know, he hasn't done enough for Tommy to think that. But certainly in terms of what Dean George has done in the last few years, um, I don't think it wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of go for a 4-4-2 four, a four, four, or at least a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one. If, if he does fancy having a third midfield in, in there, I think that Dean George could do a job in the middle, but certainly would be, he would add to that threat up front and, and, and just maybe cause the Kerry team to think a little bit harder and maybe drop 10 or 15 metres back towards their own goals, which certainly would be a great help to end the current as well and might just, you know, get treaty a bit higher up the pitch because certainly as I alluded to in the Galway game the amount of long balls that kind of just ran dead either wide or into Brendan Clark's hands you know that's something that they certainly need to look at and uh, and sort out because at this level you've got to be doing better than than knocking the ball into the opposition keeper's hands six or seven times in a game. And one avenue as well, Noel, where, you know, I felt from watching Kerry in the, in the game and a half that I did see them in that three you could definitely exploit is the set pieces, like you mentioned. And it's a funny one because as Adam Moynihan was saying, Shane Guthrie, Caelan Spillane and Kevin Williams at the back all really big and physical and posing players. But they conceded two very soft goals from set pieces. I would call Amoriamon from Bray scoring, who obviously will be a threat from set pieces. He had another great game actually in that game and was man the match for Bray. But it's, it's surprising at the ease in which he did score the goals. Um, so obviously not, I know that necessarily having big players doesn't mean that they're going to be very good at attacking the ball. Uh, but, you know, as you said, the likes of Anto O'Donnell and the current, like that's a, play, a situation you can profit from because Billy Dennehy, the carry manager, did seem exacerbated by how easy his team conceded those two goals and then conceded from the second phase of a, a set piece against Cove as well. So that's certainly an avenue that Treaty can target. Yeah, I think so. And I suppose the, the downside of it is, like you'd often say, you'd actually hate to play a team who were beaten 5 or 6 nil the week before because you can be sure that all they were doing all the week was working on their defensive shape and then you could you know, could end up maybe nil all the final week. And, you know, and I'd know that from, from Shane Guthrie. You know, they take it kind of personally, I'd say, when they concede goals from set plays like that. And it'll be certainly something that they will be looking at this week. And, you know, I don't know. What way they set up? Do they go man to man, or what plan they'll have? But it'll probably make it a bit more difficult, maybe. But as I said, we saw Anto O'Donnell; he was definitely unlucky not to score one or two against Bray, mm. and uh, I would expect him to get at least at least five or six um, this season from set plays, and it certainly could start on um, on Friday night, particularly with Mark Lund's set piece deliveries and the long throws, but. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how Kerry react to conceding two goals from corners last week and if 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 they change their their way of dealing with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know my own personal opinion, and you seem to be somewhat in agreement, Noel, about going for it more and putting Dean George very close to end it, if not right up top with him uh, for this game. I suppose my other question is, do you think that there would be any other changes to the personnel with Treaty? If you were to go that way, you can be sure Mark Walsh and Lee Devitt will play. I know real reason to take them out, I'd imagine, uh, either out of the, the Treaty team. There is one cog I was hoping to see, maybe see Conor Barry playing in a more central role and giving him an opportunity for Treaty in that position, especially if you're going to be going with a player supporting in the current rather than playing two strikers up front. Um, that was something I was toying with. But do you think that there will be any other changes to, to the Treaty team going into this Kerry game from, from last Friday? Well, would there be a possibility of Alec Burns starting? Yeah, it depends, I suppose. It depends, doesn't it, how... Um, how long he's been with the team, how fit he was himself, keeping himself fit over preseason. But he did look quite tidy when he came on. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd say probably if I was Tommy, I'd be kind of itching to see this guy play. Look, he was a full-time professional. He's he's won a, a first division medal with Cork. Um, I'm sure that he was looking after himself. Look, he, he would have known if he wasn't going to Cork that he was going to go to another club. And um, I think it... They probably need a bit of a flip in there as well in in the middle of the park. So maybe Tommy will sacrifice the idea of playing an extra striker and get him in the pitch and see if they can start playing or maybe he's the guy to link up with yeah. with Endicorn. He's certainly a good passer of the ball as well. Um, look, these are the decisions he's got to see who's injured or is anyone taking any knocks. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that the three-man midfield has ever worked really well for... Tommy and Treaty. I remember even last year against Derry in the Cup, there seemed to be a bit of a mix-up in there um, with three in the middle. And uh, I think you're better off going going with the two and either going with a 10 who'll, 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 who'll drop in out of possession or um, go with two strikers. So uh, I think that he'll probably have it in his head to um, to maybe start Alec there in the middle, whether it is Mark Walsh, maybe go back to, um, to centre-half or... There's certainly a few decisions to be made. It'll be interesting to see what kind of team he picks, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ali Byrne started in that game. I think it's a good game for him to start. Uh, a man of his experience going down there. Um, you want to maybe get a bit more hold of the ball than Treaty have had in their last two games. And I think he'd be he'd be key to making that happen because you certainly don't want to give Kerry too much of the ball on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, I have to admit, I hadn't overly considered Alec Byrne uh, until until you mentioned it. It's probably a, a good call. I suppose I can understand why Treaty don't play maybe two strikers against the likes of your Walfords and, and your Galways, but definitely against the teams around you, you'd be hoping for for uh, more of an, a, an attacking formation, particularly because Endicorn has looked isolated uh, in the first uh, couple of games. I felt as well, Noel. Um, another point we'll say is that this game is played on AstroTurf now, Treaty have played a few games in AstroTurf, I suppose, taken out. You know, they, they did play Maynou, who they were expected to beat on AstroTurf pitch and did win it quite well. Um, You know, they, they were close in scoreline uh, with Derry City on the big AstroTurf in the Brandywell uh, 2-1. But obviously, two of their, I suppose, worst performances in uh, came against at Lone Town away on, on AstroTurf as well, where they got a, a late draw from Stephen Christopher last year uh, with one of the last kicks of the game and then lost against that loan, an improving at loan side, let it be said, in fairness, in July um, last year. You you did mention, Noel, that one of the best ways to deal with 3D you felt was when the defenders come higher and play a higher line against in the current, try and squeeze the pitch. I suppose it's unlikely that Shane Guthrie and Caelan Spillane, given that their lack of pace, are going to push up high. Um, 
but firstly, before we even get into that, I suppose, what do you think? Do you think that the Astrotruffle will have any impact on, on the treaty team? Or will it, as Tommy said, Astrotruffle is the same for both sides? No, I have to agree with you. I think Astro is the same for both sides. <coughs> I'm not sure where treaty for training at the moment, but I know they did a lot of training in LIT, which is an Astroturf. I'm sure they've they've trained in you well. Like most players nowadays are well conditioned to playing on it. Um, they may well not be playing it every week, but they're certainly training on it probably for most of the the poorer months of the year, if you like. I think it will be an advantage to treaty that I think you're right about the carry back backline certainly won't be feeling very happy about themselves as they're standing around the halfway line with a huge big gap behind them. So uh, I think that could play into Treaty's hands as well and it'll certainly give, um, you know, a bit of support play. We're still waiting, you know, for a performance maybe, you know, from a wide player as well on either side with Treaty. I think in the first two games, we haven't really seen a whole lot. We spoke about Conor Barry last week and, you know, I, I didn't think that he, he offered a whole lot in the game either and, Friday, you know, and I thought... Could this be a game for William Armstrong? Sure, no, especially with AstroTurf there, that, that could be one advantage. Yeah, I think so. Look, in fairness to Willie, you know what you're going to get. Um, He's going to get down that wing, you know, more than once. And uh, he certainly will be a handful for for the Kerry team. Um, I think it's a game that, that he could really shine in. And it's just another one of those things that you maybe you've mentioned, I've mentioned about a little bit of spark or just maybe being a bit more positive in terms of what you want to do and play a bit more of the game in the opposition half. And look, you know, you're talking about a big crowd, we always say it. If Treaty could get an early goal there, well, then it would certainly uh, make it a bit more subdued and uh, would make their task easier in terms of coming away there with the three points. Yeah, from watching Kerry, you Noel, know, I did note that, as I said to Adam Minen earlier on, Leo Gasca looks like a decent player. Uh, Sean McGrath, tidy, he used to play with Cove. Uh, without much end product on the night against Bray, to be fair, uh, some tidy touches. McKean is playing all in a defensive midfield role for for Kerry as the captain. He did play there. I definitely remember him once playing there against UCD, and he was called off early in the game. Uh, it didn't have a huge impact for Treaty against UCD. That was the first season, though, um, and he was never really played there after that, even though he had played there with, with Killarney. Um, looking at Matt, you know, he's a hard-working player. He's got a good defensive discipline, though. Um, not the most technically gifted, I would say. Um, you know, is, is that an area that... that, that you know, would Treaty could target or is there any concern uh, with Mackeen playing centre midfield going forward? I don't think you ever need to have any concern about a player playing against his ex-team. <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't expect any any poor performance from Mackeen. He's captain of Kerry. He'll be very proud of, proud of that. There'll be a big crowd there. And uh, I would expect him to have a good game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he probably does. As he said, I thought he was very good in a lot of games for them. You know, we we spoke about say the treaty fullbacks being exposed, particularly last week. I don't think there was, you know, I don't think that, you know that the fullback was ever too exposed when Matt Keane was playing in front of him, and that was the kind of like the unseen hard work that that he did that maybe wouldn't be eye catching for a lot of the supporters. But uh, and I think he'll do plenty of that work for for Kerry, you know, and he'll have to do that work for Kerry because that's the situation that they're in. They're a little bit like Treaty were two seasons ago. You know, and if we talk about it being Matt Keane's best season, I think that he's probably destined to have another good season this year as well, doing doing the same great unseen hard work. Yeah, um, Jason Shanahan, the, it's one of the club's media officers and all after the game, interviewed uh, uh, Tommy Barry. And he did put to him that, you know, there was no sign of Darren Collins 
in the squad who came from Sligo Rovers last year, obviously signed full-time then with 3D this year. Well, you know, an amateur status with 3D, but he's a full-time for the year uh, with 3D United. Um, there was no sign. Tommy said that, you know, while he's done quite well and worked hard in pre-season, that he needs to get better conditioning. Um, you're looking at it now from a player that you're bringing from maybe that distance uh, to play for 3D. You know, if he's not getting in, in the squad, Noel, um, is this, are we, are we likely to see more of the the under-19s being in the squad ahead of Darren Collins now uh, long-term because, like, Tommy has had a long time to, to look at him and, and and things haven't changed maybe in the last few months. Yeah, look, I thought it was, I was curious, you know, it was a curious sign and certainly for this season, I know Tommy brought him down in mid-season. Uh, Charlie Fleming was leaving and he was heralded as a right-back. I know he made a couple of appearances. I think one of them was, was in an FAI Cup game um, he didn't look great, even though it was only spotting defensively. And I was actually very surprised to see him turn up in the squad, say, this year. And the fact that, you know, there was no kind of recognised full-back that I could see beside Ben O'Reardon, who people tell me that, you know, he plays probably more as a centre-half than full-back. I did actually expect Darren Collins to start the season as, as right-back. So mm-hmm. I was surprised to see him on the bench. He hasn't come on in the two games. I suppose it just comes back Actually, to our point. That's not at all, no. That's already I meant to make that week, yeah. last week. Yeah. But he was in the squad against Bray, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 I just feel that, look, you know, I can't see the point of reason in bringing a guy all the way down from Sligo, whatever part of the world he's from, when you probably have players, you know, in the 19s and they've been around for a couple of years, you know, who probably would benefit more from the experience and certainly give the team a uh, a little bit more of a local flavour as well. But look, we'll wait and see. Maybe he will get going in in, in a few matches and uh, we'll be able to get a better handle on him. But so far, it is a bit of a curious... Uh, he is a bit of a curious signing for me. Yeah, and, and to finish on what will probably be a positive note, obviously if they win the game anyway, but I do expect really you know, to open their account for the season goals-wise and points-wise on Friday night against Kerry. I do think it'll be tight enough. I think 3D will win 2-1. We have predicted 3D to finish fifth, both of us, I believe, uh, and then Kerry to finish 10th uh, this season. So 3D will be going into this game because of their experience alone as a slight favourite. Um, I have went for a 2-1 victory. What do you think yourself? Yeah, I'll probably go one step ahead of you now and, that, and I'll go for 2-0 victory. I think they'll get a goal, um, a goal in each half and we'll come away with uh, a comfortable win in three points. We certainly hope that will be the case when we have our discussion next week and we'll be divulging through uh, a victory against Kerry and really getting off the mark. Um, my thanks once again to, for Noel to join us and hopefully you can join us next week on the soccer team, which will be the fourth episode where we'll have plenty more to discuss involving League of Ireland First Division and 3D United. Thank you.